This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, most gracious, most merciful. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. All praise is indeed due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lord of the worlds, creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, provider, protector, curer, the one in whose hands lies absolutely every aspect of creation and control of everything. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household, all his companions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them all and may he bless every single one of us. The beauty is... Every time we send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we receive blessings tenfold by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, showing how beloved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the status that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon him. If we would like to get any status in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it would be determined by how close we are in following the footsteps of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to do that. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us in every single way. When we speak of role models, what is of utmost importance is the fact that we realize that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator himself says that such and such a person is the ultimate role model, we stop there. We understand that this is the creator of creation who is speaking. He is the one who is instructing us, who is telling us. And therefore, every one of us needs to ask ourselves a question. And that question is, how close or far are you from emulating exactly that which Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has brought? When Allah says in Surah Al-Ahzab, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهِ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا Indeed, in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is the best, the perfect example to be emulated. Al-Uswatul Hasana. Al-Hasan here referring to the best, referring to that which is perfect, the perfect example to be followed in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For whom? For those who are looking forward to the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who want Allah, who want to meet Allah, who want to get closer to Allah. That is your example and that is what you need to follow. And the verse continues to say, whoever is looking forward to the last day, on that last day you will meet those whom you love. In the hereafter you will meet even with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How amazing is that? It's a gift for the believers. And Allah says, for those who remember Allah often, if you remember Allah often and you are always reminding yourself of Allah, 
The term dhikrullah, yes, it refers to your subhanallah, alhamdulillah, your praise of Allah. But over and above that, it also refers to, or more importantly, it refers to the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the point of a person saying subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu akbar? Their deeds are in a valley and the statement uttered from their mouths in another valley altogether, in two different directions. It's important for us to know that if you want to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes indeed, that will help you. If you want to praise Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it will indeed help you. But on condition that you are following his method, his way, his example, and your life is not being led totally separately or heading in the other direction. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. So this is the example. Prior to prophethood, let's take a look at some of the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and what we should be asking ourselves. Firstly, as he became or he was adolescent, he was known as As-Sadiq Al-Ameen. I'm sure we all know that. I'm sure we're all aware of that. What does it mean? It means the truthful, the trustworthy. How many of us are truthful and trustworthy? How many of the youth out here are trustworthy and truthful? That was young age, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not yet given that nubuwa which he was given at the age of 40. Although he was always meant to be the Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, indeed. He was created the best of creation, the most noble of all prophets without a doubt. But at the same time, how many of us would be able to follow that example and say, yes, I am also a truthful person, upright, and I am honest. I am trustworthy. Today, our spouses cannot trust us. People say, well, the trust is broken and it's lost. I can't trust my husband anymore. I can't trust my wife anymore. Where is As-Sadiqul Amin? It's no, there is no use, no point in us keeping on saying, Oh, mashallah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Muhammad, peace be upon him, was As-Sadiqul Amin. As-Sadiqul Amin. You're telling the whole world. You're teaching that to the children. You're teaching that to everyone else. How did you benefit from it? Talk about that. Are you known as a Sadiqul Amin? Are you trustworthy? Are you a person who is truthful? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive every single one of us. Amin. May Allah forgive us all. Amin. We need to revisit the link with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Don't just mention his stories. Ask yourself, how far am I from that? Wallahi, it's a reality. A lot of us are guilty of not being trusted by those closest to us. Take a look at Khadija bint Khawailid radiallahu anha. When she had sent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam upon his agreement to Asham in order to trade, when he came back, she praised him so much. This is the most honest businessman ever. Subhanallah. When Quraysh had a problem prior to prophethood, they called on this man sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to help them arrive at a conclusion. This is something unique. How many of us would ever be called upon in order to conclude something or are we a part of the problem? Very good question. Are we a part of the problem or a part of the solution? Ask yourself. That will determine how far or close you are to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's example. How much you really consider him a role model. We all say he is a role model. He is a role model with us. Role modeling is something else. You roll on the ground and you model on the stage. That's what it's all about. May Allah forgive us. And nowadays you can roll on a sedgeway as well. You know those roller blades? Subhanallah. May Allah forgive us. That's not what it's all about. A role model is a person you look up to and follow, you want to be like. He is the only role model that is supremely in every single aspect of life. Amazing. 
Everyone else, today you say, this man is my role model, this other man is my role model. If it's not Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you can only take a single aspect or one or two aspects of their lives to follow, to emulate. When it comes to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the ultimate role model declared by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So where is your truthfulness? Here is a woman who wanted to marry him and subhanallah, based on the fact that his character was absolutely amazing, his conduct, the accountability, the fact that every little point portion of wealth was re- was recorded and every little portion was accounted for subhanallah that was muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam how many of us in business we are not transparent we have a problem with our partners with those we actually sell things to and with those we buy from we haven't even cleared the accounts where are you where is muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam apply it in your lives no point in saying oh i consider him a role model but you are cheating people in business you are short changing people from prior to prophethood you've already learned you want to follow this man subhanallah he has had a record that is spotless speckless absolutely amazing totally perfect sallallahu alaihi wasallam look at it in business how many of us subhanallah have a bad reputation very bad reputation well Let's move further. The example of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. When he came down from the cave of Hira with prophethood, the first person he confided in was his wife. How many of us, when we have a big problem, we would confide in our own spouses? A lot of us would not do that. A lot of us would hide our issues from our spouses, either because we have a problem or they have a problem, or both of us have a problem. But if you're close to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and your aim is to please Allah you will never ever have to hide things from your spouses remember that because they would be understanding of what Allah wants from them and you would be understanding of what Allah wants from you and you know that I can only become upset when someone is transgressing against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for as long as there is no transgression who am I to become upset May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. That was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When his wife comforted him, she gave him a big tight hug. And this goes to show subhanallah that a tight hug really helps. A big enveloping hug would actually help. You know, try this. Your own children, your spouses. I have had an uncle who told me, huh? What hug? I'm married for 45 years. I've never hugged my wife. I said, uncle. Uncle, I hope she's not getting hugs from someone else. He looked at me and said, "What?" I said, "It is something you need to consider. It is a sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He came down saying, "Zammiluni, zammiluni, cover me, cover." He was, and you know, the, the two surahs, "Muzammil, Muddathir," referring to the enveloped one, the one who was hugged. Subhanallah. Amazing. Even Jibril alayhi salatu wasallam. It's reported that when he came down, he had actually embraced. Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam very tightly Subhanallah it's amazing my brothers and sisters that is the example even in the romantic aspect of life with your own spouse he was a champion Subhanallah we can speak about that and we've spoken about it in the past his relationship with Aisha radhiyallahu anha and the others one of his wives Safiya binti Huyay radhiyallahu anha it's amazing how he used to help her onto the conveyance And it's amazing how when one of them complained about how slow the camel was he transferred her to another camel. Imagine if someone were to complain to you listen you know what you're on your phone while you're driving you're putting our life at risk what you mean i can multitask subhanallah that's the answer we give we should remember Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam considered what his family members told him 
It was not something halal, haram. It was an issue of virtue. You want to do it for them, to put a smile on their faces. You want to help them. You want to make them feel the sense of goodness and kindness that comes from you. If you are not going to spoil them, who do you expect to spoil them? And when we say spoil them, we're not talking of something bad. Just to, to throw that which is going to harm them towards them. But no, we're talking of that which is good within the limits. That which is something, that which is beneficial. Take a look at Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Here his wife tells him, Kalla wallahi la Allahu abadan. Nay, indeed, Allah will never ever let you down. Why? Because innaka latasilur rahim. You are a person who looks after your family members. That's an example of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. These family members, the kuffar of Quraysh, they were family members of Muhammad from among them. And what did he do? He always was kind towards them. But he gave them the message. He was always good. He never swore. Never did he use a bad word from his mouth. Never. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Today we are quick in calling people kafir, in calling people bad names, in calling people, and we claim to be followers of Muhammad Where did he do that? In his midst lived Hypocrites, still he treated them with kindness. Go back and look at the pages of the seerah, how he treated Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, who was the head of the hypocrites. He always spoke to him with utmost respect, even though he knew this man is the head of the hypocrites. He knew this man is the head of the hypocrites, but he spoke to him with respect. He defended him when some of the Sahaba wanted to attack him. He said, don't do that. The people will say Muhammad is attacking his companions. No, don't do that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. We have divided the Muslim ummah into small, minute groups, forgetting that we need to spread the love that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam brought. Take a look at the words uttered by people. If they utter dirty words, they are never following the example of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is a simple way of looking at who is following the correct example when you have a person uttering dirty words tell yourself wallahi the prophet sallallahu not only never uttered a bad word but he said a true believer is never vulgar never disrespectful never abusive he doesn't utter words that are hurtful from his mouth against someone something simple Take a look at the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who were the closest in emulation of that example of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How was their tongue? Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, the best to tread this earth after the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't deny that. There is unanimity on that. How was his tongue? Subhanallah. Beautiful. He spoke the best of words. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asks us to utter good words, to say good words. Brothers and sisters, cut out the swearing, cut out the disrespect, cut out accusing one another, slandering, calling people bad names and so on. This one is a kafir and that one is a fasik and this one is a fajir. A mu'min does not do that. Your closeness to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is determined by how you use your tongue as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us, may He guide us. Similarly, if we look further into the life of Muhammad ﷺ, we will find that Khadija bint Khawailid she says, Allah will never let you down. You go out to mend the relationships that may be broken. You make an effort to go and to fix up relations. 
So when someone is not talking to you, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would go and he would try make an effort to resolve the matter as best as he can without compromising what Allah has brought. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many of you can say that when there has been a problem, I have tried my best to resolve the matter. I have tried my best. I've gone. You may not be able to solve it, but did you try? And how hard did you try? And are you prepared to go and try again and again? That is following Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Similarly, the narration speaks, the same narration speaks of how Khadija bint Khuwailid radiallahu anha was bearing witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to help those in need. Today, people in need, do we really help them? And if we help them, do we brag about it? Do we make a show about it? Or do we help them for the sake of Allah? In a way taught by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, when a charity is given, even the left hand does not know what the right hand has spent, then that is the charity. How many of us do that? We reach out or are we selfish? We want everything for ourselves. Even in our own homes, the opinions are only ours. We pick on everybody else. That's it. We are the ones. Everything must rotate around me. When are you going to give someone else in your house an opinion? Someone else within your home a statement? Every day it's your way. Today let it be someone else's way. Subhanallah. It doesn't mean you're the husband, you're the father. So you're the boss of the home in a way that you can boss people around. No way. That's not Islam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the role model used to help in the house. He used to milk the goat for the, for the milk. He used to assist in cleaning the home. How many of you do that? I think a lot of us, a lot of us would be guilty of not doing enough in that regard. How many of you would help in the kitchen? How many of you would help washing the clothes? How many of you would help sweep and clean up? How many of you would help when it comes to ironing your clothes? How many of you would help when it comes to going out and perhaps getting some milk or something else? Today we might not be milking the goat and in some places you may be. But you might not be milking it, but even to go out to the store to buy it and to bring it back home, that is a good deed. In fact, it would be following the sunnah of Muhammad to assist in bringing the milk along. Allahu Akbar. It's been made easy for you. This is Muhammad Look at it. Every aspect you look at of his life is worth following. Every single aspect is worth emulating. That's why he is known as Al-Uswatul Hasana. Allah praises him. Amazing. He was concerned about the welfare of others. He used to help people at times of need. And so this is the witness of Khadija bint Khuwailid anha. Let us take a look later on in the life of Muhammad sallallahu He was so concerned about the guidance of the rest of the people. So he calls the people of Quraysh and he called them to Mount Safa and he asked them a question. He says, oh, you people of Quraysh, my family members, kinsmen and so on. If I were to tell you that there is an army behind this mountain ready to attack you, would you believe? They said, indeed, we would believe you've never told a lie. You are an honest, you are known amongst us as As-Sadiqul Amin. As we said earlier, the truthful one, the honest one, the trustworthy one. Why would we disbelieve? So he said, I am warning you about a punishment that is about to come to you unless you believe in one Allah, the maker alone. Immediately they uttered bad words. Abu Lahab says, Tabbalaka ya Muhammad. Destruction be to you, O Muhammad. Alihada jama'atana. Is this why you gathered us? And verses were revealed later on, mentioning the destruction of Abu Lahab, his hands, his wealth, nothing will help him. He was a wealthy man, Allah says, Ma'ahna anhu ma'luhu wa ma'kasab. 
his wealth. And whatever he has earned, nothing would come to his assistance. Not at all. So Allah says, destruction be upon both of the hands of Abu Lahab. Imagine. But Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself, how did he react to that? Did he swear back? No, he didn't. Did he say shameful, disrespectful words? Never. Na'udhu billah. May Allah protect us. We seek refuge in Allah from that. From even thinking of that. He did not utter a single bad word. He was quiet. He took it. Basically, today, for us, how would we take someone who criticizes us? Would we get up and say the same vulgar words as they say? Or would we be sensible about the whole thing? Yes, you have every right to react. But your reaction must be noble. From your reaction, people must be able to pick up that this is prophetic. It is noble. It is the teaching of Muhammad It is sensible. It is something that a sane, mature human being who is a mu'min, who has belief, who wants to emulate the example of Muhammad would do. You don't just react and retaliate like a hooligan. If they were hooligans, don't drop yourself to become a hooligan. If they lied about you, you don't need to lie about them. When people lie about you in order to drop you, it's a sign of success. That's what happened to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Take a look at what occurred in Mecca. They went to him and told him, they started spreading rumor, saying he's a magician. He's after power. He's after wealth. He's after women. He's after this and he's after that. He wants to be the leader. That's all. He is seeking attention. Never ever did he accuse them of the same. Not once. He remained silent. He knows that I am working for Allah. Allah is my boss. Supreme. Allah is the creator. Maker. Nourishes. Cherisher. Sustainer. Allah is Rabbul Alameen. So immediately he knew that the best way to deal with these people is to listen to what they have to say. Respond in the best manner as per Allah's instruction and remain silent thereafter. Pray for them. They need your prayers. Today with our enemies, they say something against you or against me. Immediately, a lot of us would just raise our hands and say, Oh Allah, destroy this person. Oh Allah, break them. Oh Allah, finish them up. Well, if that was the case, the whole world would be finished up because you are praying for my destruction. I am praying for your destruction. That's not prophetic. How many of us have raised our hands and said, Oh Allah, help him. Oh Allah, guide them. These people don't know. Take a look at a Ta'if. When Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa went to Ta'if, you and I know what happened there. How did he react? That is the role model. That is the ultimate role model. Sallallahu alayhi wa He says, Allahumma ghfir li qawmi. Allahumma hdi qawmi. Allahumma ihdi qawmi fa innahum la ya'lamun. Oh Allah, guide my people because indeed they don't know. When the angels came and offered to destroy the whole lot of them by bringing the two mounts together, he said, no way, I have been sent as a mercy. I have been sent as a mercy to the worlds, not as a means of their destruction. If they don't accept, perhaps their children will accept. Amazing. Look at how Muhammad used to think. He prayed for their children. Today, our enemies, why don't we pray for their children in a similar way? The reason is, we only say Muhammad is a role model, but we don't follow that. We don't emulate. We stop at the statement. My brothers and sisters, it's not good enough to stop at that statement. Let's do more in our lives. Today we've given so many examples. How many of us are ready to follow these examples? How many of us are prepared to look at Muhammad's entire life? Take a look at the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. 
What did he do? He spoke to the kuffar. He tried to strike with them a treaty and he struck it. Even though they suggested some things that were considered unacceptable by some of the companions. But Muhammad said, no problem. If that is going to bring about peace, we will sign it. Meaning we will agree upon it. How many of us, we don't even make peace in our own homes, within our own communities, within the, the Muslim ummah. We don't want to make peace. We want to create war within the ummah. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in Hudaybiyah was making peace with his enemies, those who came out to fight him, those who drove him away from his own home, those who drove him and his companions away, those who killed some of his companions and who were keen on doing the same to him. But it was the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yet he's signing with them a treaty. If there's going to be peace, let there be peace. Allah will guide us. Allah will protect us. When it came to the wars that took place, he made it very clear. You don't harm a female. You don't harm a child. You don't harm an elderly person. You do not break trees. You do not destroy infrastructure. Today, people are doing all of those things in the name of the same Islam. Where are they? Where is the following of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? They say times have changed. If times have changed, then you are trying to say the deen does not apply anymore. Is that the insult that you have dished against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? You have given in that direction? Unacceptable. We believe it is correct and it is absolutely perfect in terms of an example of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam up to the end of time. Right up to the end of time. When he said, do not fight those who put their weapons down. You're not even supposed to fight them. As they put their weapons down and they say, we don't want to fight. Those who enter their homes and close the doors. The reason I'm making mention of this is, there are deviant groups who happen to massacre innocent women, children. They destroy infrastructure. They cause harm. They create chaos. They cause problems for the Muslim ummah to begin with and then the others in the name of Islam. In your name and mine, they utter the term Allahu Akbar. They say this, that Allah is the greatest. We all say this statement so many times in the day because your salah and your five daily prayers not only commences with it, but every time you make a movement, almost all of those movements, you've got to declare the greatness of Allah. So it's a, it's a statement that I repeat, they will not perpetrate injustice and killing with the same statement. Not in my name, not in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not the example of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was the role model of compassion. Like he says, I was sent as a mercy. And Allah declares that in the Quran. We have not sent you except as a means of mercy to the whole worlds. The plural of the term world is used because you have the world, the animal world, the, the, you have for example the insect world, you have flora and fauna, you have you know the human beings, the jinn kind and so many different species that have created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's understand this my brothers and sisters. If he was sent as a mercy, we need to be merciful as well. We need to understand Islam will spread 
when we spread this love and this mercy and the peace and we educate people as to how we are meant to be coexisting Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam struck a deal with the people in Medina Munawwara who were not even Muslim they were people of the book and some of them were idol worshippers what was the deal struck peaceful coexistence in a nutshell you respect I respect we have this mutual respect you fulfill and you will we will fulfill subhanallah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us understand this beautiful example of the most noble of all prophets the highest of all creation sallallahu alayhi wasallam if you hear his name and you do not utter the term sallallahu alayhi wasallam or you do not say peace be upon him you have disrespected him did you know that he says that himself you cannot just say the term Muhammad without saying sallallahu alayhi wasallam if you believe in Allah and you consider him sallallahu alayhi wasallam as the final messenger may peace be upon him there is a curse upon a person who just utters that name disrespectfully on its own may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us we are fortunate people have tried to tarnish the image of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam no way they will not manage Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran inna kafaynaka al-mustahzeen indeed we have protected you against those who want to scoff, who want to mock, who want to joke about you. This would include anyone up to the end of time. We have protected your reputation. We have protected who you are. They can say whatever they want. Wallahi, the more they say, the more the people are entering the fold of Islam. The more others are beginning to love the faith. They can do what they want to extinguish that powerful example. They will never be able to do that. May Allah help us promote love, promote mercy promote kindness may Allah help us to solve our matters between us so that we can live as an ummah this is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam the most noble of all let's take a look at Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu and I will end with this example he was a young boy when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam came into Medina Munawwara his mother came rushing to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam oh messenger peace be upon you do you know all the people are coming with gifts for you i don't have much to give you but i have a son this young son is Anas he is the son of Malik and i want to give him in your khidmah in your service let him serve you as a servant he will do your chores he will do whatever is required literally a servant i'm giving you this young boy of mine that's my donation subhanallah imagine the son being given to muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam to look after the needs or to look after to try to help subhanallah what an honor and he accepted it sallallahu alayhi wasallam later on anas ibn malik radiyallahu anhu do you know what he says subhanallah this is hair raising he says khadimtu rasulallah sallallahu alayhi wasallam 10 sinin wallahi i served the messenger may peace be upon him for 10 whole years imagine 10 years i served muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and what does he say فَمَا قَالَ لِيَ أُفٍ قَطُّ وَمَا قَالَ لِشَيْءٍ صَنَعْتُهُ لِمَا صَنَعْتَ He has never ever told me a single hurtful word and I was working for him. Not one uff, he didn't even make a gesture or a noise, a sound that was derogatory or negative. Never did he say uff to me. 
Never did he say for anything that I did, why did you do this? If I did something wrong, he would correct it himself with a smile. How many of us, those who work for us, we are so bad to them, we are rude to them, we treat them like they are not human beings, we abuse them in whatever way. We don't pay them, we short change them, we treat them like they are animals. And we claim to be Muslimin. People don't want to work for the Muslims sometimes because some of them are considered as the worst of employers. They don't pay on time, they abuse, they scream and yell and shout. This could be at the home or even wherever else. Your factory or your business, your shop, whatever it is. Remember, you want to follow the example. Here is a man testifying, I worked for 10 whole years. Wallahi, he never told me one word that hurt my feeling. And there are so many examples of his own life. Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, he makes mention of deep examples. We don't have the time to go into that. But it's our duty to go and research. Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu. You know what else he says? He says, Wallahi, and this we are saying it in honor of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The following, I am saying it in honor of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the best of creation, the most perfect of all. Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu says, Wallahi ma masastu khazzan, wala dibajan, wala hariran, aliyana min kaffi rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wallahi, I have never touched any silk, any type of silk or soft material, softer than the blessed hand of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Which means when he touched the hand of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is declaring that it was the softest thing ever. It was unique. It was something that was out of this world. I cannot even describe it, he says. And you know what? He continues to say something even greater. He says, Wallahi ma shamamtu miskan wala ambaran atyaba min araqi rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, Wallahi, I have never smelt any amber or musk, any perfume that smelt better than the sweat, the blessed sweat of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His perspiration smelt better than all those perfumes sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon the best of creation. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanaka Allahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayka.